Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Blue Jackets fans, happy Wednesday. It is still not a Blue Jackets game day, but that's okay because we've still got plenty of content here at Locked on Blue Jackets for you. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, bringing you your team news every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Logged on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. And whether you're a first-time listener or a regular listener, I appreciate you. So today uh, we're going to be continuing the conversation that I started on Monday with Micah McCurdy about uh, fancy stats, what to worry about, what to enjoy. Uh, So today we're going to be checking in on... Zach Grensky's underlying stats and Boone Jenner's underlying stats and kind of just talking about defenseman fancy stats in general. So I'll uh, just get right into it. On the on the flip side, someone who uh, has surprised me in a different way uh, in terms of the, the stats is Boone Jenner, who I have kind of always regarded as kind of a maybe middle six guy probably never going to score 30 goals again like he did in 2014-15 but he's actually doing pretty well offensively and it's it's again it's his defense that's that's not great which is not kind of what I was expecting from from Moon Jenner especially the team has been kind of saying that he's defensively minded and that he's um a two-way center to kind of bolster the the defensive liabilities of uh line a and and uh jacob varchek but it looks like he's actually not great defensively either i mean less less so than like the the team average but still not as as good as you'd want him to be no and, and i i mean i looked at her a lot but he's always been um a very sort of simple stylistically player is and part of what makes him beloved of coaches and a certain type of fan is that he clearly tries very hard all the time the and but that can be a bit of a red flag in a way you know people who are people who are trying hard all of the time are often trying hard because they can't do it easily and you know if they were if they were in position a bit more then they wouldn't be visibly working so difficult working so hard and and Jenner, in particular, one of the angles there, and this I feel is is partially Jenner's fault and partially Tortorella's fault, and he he played the kind of way that Tortorella really loved, is that one of the troubles, one of the the disconnects, if you like, between modern statistical sort of hockey thought and old traditional thought, is that modern statistical types, um, if I, you know, as if it's not too presumptuous to attach that label to myself. I think it's important to take enough risks, specifically to take enough risks in your own zone to get the kind of defensive impact that really good players have defensively. Where, you know, if you can, if you can make a risky play that results in a great scoring chance against if you screw it up, but results in a clean zone exit if you get it right, 
you know, then you have to, the, it's very easy to point to the salient good chance against and say, well, you know, good defense means not doing that. But it's more difficult to point at the defensive, purely defensive value of a clean zone exit, which guarantees that the puck is not going to come back to your zone for 20, 30, maybe 40, 50 seconds. And, and look at how you, that, that gets you 50 seconds of no shots whatsoever. And those defensive benefits are not so easy to quantify by eye because you're going to look instead at what is happening on the ice. At, oh, you know, we screwed up the neutral zone transitions or oh, we screwed up the blue line or oh, one of our players scored isn't that great. You know, you're thinking offense right away, but the value of the defensive play is still there by the fact that the camera is showing the other zone, that the puck is not in your zone at all. And so those benefits, it's not just that they're not just that they're diffuse, but also that they're deliberately difficult to see because they've got something else put over the top of them. And those are the kinds of plays that Jenner is not making. The because he's not trying. Because he's he has a a defensive mindset and in the traditional way that means don't take any risks and so the total benefit defensively that you can have to the team when you have that mindset is limited yeah that's that's super interesting i'd never i'd never looked at it that way but i guess it kind of yeah it makes a lot of sense and kind of coming up in a minute i've got more of my conversation with Micah, but first I've got to tell you about Shopify. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. Subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their product. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses, so uh, upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. They have the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first scale, from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rate, profit margins, and beyond. And here's the best bit. If you go to shopify.com slash locked on NHL, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NHL right now. Remember, that is all lowercase, shopify.com slash locked on NHL. I've also got to tell you about Built Bar, because Built Bar is, is back, it's been back, it's still delicious, it's still excellent, and uh, the holiday is coming up. And that means it is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Uh, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's, you know, a really small piece of pie. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of raspberry pie. There are a ton of good flavors at Built Bar that you can replace any pie with. 
They are low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough for you, go for a Built Bar or two. And there is nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Leads uh, pretty neatly into the the next player that that I was going to talk about. Uh, So we talked a little bit about Seth Jones earlier, obviously. Um, And one of the big questions for me the Blue Jackets this season was what, who is Zach Wierenski away from Seth Jones? Because they've basically been joined to the hip since Wierenski's rookie season with the, with the Blue Jackets. Um, and the, the early, early stats seem to be showing that actually Wierenski away from Jones is, is pretty good. So is, is that like, was that again expected or, it's obviously hard to, hard to say, but yes and no. And, and of course, you know, anytime, I mean, that's the kind of thing when two players play together, when any set of players, but especially a, a defense pair plays together so much for so long, you know, that's the kind of thing that can really fool both people who are just watching what happens on the ice and also statistical models who obviously can't, can't discern, you know, from a pure results perspective. If you take a philosophy as I do, and I'm making models that what happens on the ice when five players are there should, in principle, be attributed to all five of them, the, that you know that puts you in a bit of a bind for players who constantly play with one another. Uh, but you know, even even then, you still try to glean what information you can from the little scraps of of time that they play apart, and and mercifully, the percentage of the time that they play apart is not so important for statistical models, rather than just the total amount of it. And over, there's been so many years of, of Wierenski and Jones in Columbus, where that even the scraps that they played apart from one another added up to, I couldn't tell you the number off the top of my head, but a decent chunk of minutes over the years where you can actually say something useful. And if you have models that are sensitive enough to also account for some, if not all, of the reasons why they might be split up, you know, because perhaps they're defending late in games and they're going to Jones only and or perhaps they're chasing late in games or perhaps someone is hurt or whatever the, the particular reasons might be. That still gives you something to hang your hat on. And as you say, what little we've seen there suggests that Wierenski might be considerably stronger. Uh, and the obvious big test for that is when now they do have to play a part because they're on different teams uh, and they have, they have shown um, well, Wierenski, sorry, specifically has shown, I think, at least so far, um, that he's that he is as good as as models thought he was ahead of time. And part of that too is is not just the play driving, which is obviously what what nerds are always asking about constantly, but also the the finishing is still there. He's always had a really good shot, um, and and it appears though it's holding up at least for now. Yeah, and it seems like it'll it, it'll be interesting to kind of look back at the end of the season, I think, and look not only at Wierenski and Jones, but also the players that they played with. Um, so Wierenski is playing with with Jake Bean for the most of the season, or he has been so far. Um, 
who was part of the the Jones package. I don't know off the top of my head who um, Seth Jones has been playing with because I've been trying not to pay attention to Chicago um, <laughs> literally at all. Um, but I think it's it's interesting to talk about it in a defensive standpoint because when again when I was talking to Allison, she talked a lot about how there are a lot of things that defensemen do that aren't like easily quantifiable by stats as we understand them right now um and so i've always kind of defended seth jones a little bit of you know the the stuff that i always think he's been good at is stuff that maybe not every model kind of can track all that well and it's it's kind of it's it's the old adage isn't it of like you you only notice you you only notice a defenseman if they've done something bad. Well, there's definitely a lot to that. And uh, so Jones has been playing primarily with Calvin DeHaan um, in, in Chicago. And, and as you say, uh, Wierenski with Bean. And I think both of those partners are, make, for a, make for better sort of stylistically, and this is purely aesthetic on my part, but I think both of those partnerships by style feel better to me than, than Jones and Wierenski together. Uh, I think Jones has more offensive talent than than he's been able to display. Uh, and since his shot has always been decent, but it's never been as good as Wierenski's, there there wouldn't be a great deal of incentive for him to use it as much. Um, and so, of course, he he didn't as much as Wierenski. And whereas you know Jake Bean is much younger, but but a very solid style of player, and, and Calvin DeHaan, um, obviously much older, but in a similar kind of steady, careful, patient. And that lets Jones freewheel a little bit more. And, you know, it's funny because he's had this reputation as being, as eating up all these enormous amounts of minutes um, with Columbus, which he did, of course. But I think he'll be a little bit happier with somebody like Calvin DeHaan, who's not going to have the puck as much, but perhaps has a slightly higher hockey IQ and might make more sensible decisions and may make better reads. Uh, and so he might actually have a larger impact despite having the puck less. Yeah, that's I, again. I'd never, I hadn't considered it from from that angle of of maybe it will let them kind of do more of what the other one did, if that makes sense. Because um, yeah. yeah, like you say, you know, Wierenski was always kind of the the more offensive of the two, uh, Jones kind of would rack up power play assists and regular assists like nobody's business, but he wasn't scoring as many goals. So it's interesting to kind of think about that and be like, okay, yeah, maybe he will have a chance to be more offensive, but also playing with a a guy like Jake Bean, who is still very young. He's what, 22, I think. It'll it'll give him a chance to kind of maybe be a little bit more solid defensively and um, Wierenski, I mean, and that'll open it up for Bean to, uh, again, continue to develop. In a minute, I've got a little bit more of my conversation with Micah, but first I've got to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline is back and better than ever. They've got a whole new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Make sure you head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favourite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. My running joke with the, the Columbus defence is that we have five rovers and Vladislav Gavrikov, um, <laughs> which is a lot of fun, but is also kind of a stressful way to play hockey. <laughs> Yeah, but that kind of that kind of like skating driven defense core, I think, is going to be really well suited to a modern, like semi positionless development. It's kind of I don't know if the total hockey revolution by now, you know, by analogy with total football is going to going to come over, but I I encourage it. And when that happens, one of the most basic things that teams are going to need is more pure skating skill out of all of their players, but you know, that's going to be most noticeable on defense, which is where most teams don't have much skating skill right now, or last traditionally. Yeah, for sure. In terms of um, kind of going back to a, a general kind of team thing, have you been able to track any kind of difference based on coaching style? Obviously, Tortorella is a very specific uh, type of coach and I think Brad Larson is is looking to change things up a little bit obviously it's still pretty early in the season but have you noticed things kind of trending differently to what they what they were when Tortorella was in charge no I'm afraid is the short answer I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the sensitivity with coaching data specifically where the you know, every time you have new players, you always have a, a particular caution because you don't know for sure, you know, what if five games is going to be representative of what they're going to go on with. So you always want to hedge your bets with that. Uh, but with coaches, it's it's particularly bad, um, which partially speaks to my sort of newness at doing coaching evaluation. And also, I think just to the position where, you know, I've noticed I've done a handful of calculations about stylistic changes and when a you know it's a little bit different because because he's had the whole summer to to prepare you know to just put a stamp on a team but in season I find that you don't notice any changes that I can attribute to coaches until about two weeks so that's about as long as it takes for people to learn a new system to to do things the new coaches way and whether those changes are good or bad it takes a good chunk of time and we haven't had a great deal more than that now. So uh, it certainly looks a little better to me than than with Tortorella, uh, but I'm I'm not I don't feel sure about that yet. Yeah, it's tough because it's the, it's a very different Columbus team as well. We have a lot of different players that uh, yeah, a lot were of not here last season. So yeah that that also makes it makes it trickier but on the other hand from a statistical point of view there's there's something pleasant about that too where one of the like what you want from an evaluation point of view to evaluate a coach is you want to get some diversity of players so that you can see that an impact is is because of a coach and not just because of the fixed unchanging set of players that he has under his control obviously you know you you've talked about how your your model is not set up for coaching stuff but is that kind of the impression you get for long-term coaches that look much better than than they are so obviously you know specifically Tortorella but I was also thinking of um Joel Quenville for example who 
many people were like, oh, he's the best coach in hockey because of the the three in three cups in five years. And um, is it just not just that he played with the, he had the same players for a really long stretch of time? Well, I mean, that, that can throw you off, of course. Um, but on the other hand, it can, you know, sometimes when, when you see teams retool and maintain success, that gives you a lot more confidence in the coach. So for instance, Mike Sullivan in, um, in Pittsburgh the, has, you know, he looks extremely strong in my coaching evaluation impacts um, in part because, you know, by rights, you would have expected a lot of Pittsburgh's success to dwindle as their engine of players uh, is well past peak NHL age. And, uh, and yet still, of course, being paid the salaries that they earned when they were extremely good. And, and then you, but you still see, you know, Pittsburgh, they, they only missed the playoffs that one year. And, you know, that's been, and in fact, didn't even miss the playoffs, depending on how you, uh, you know, technicalities about which bits of the playoffs you consider to actually be the playoffs. So, so Sullivan has, you know, you still see in teams that have had that turnover um, that, that coaching can really bridge those gaps and, and extend out a window. Um, whereas other places you see more of a flash in the pan when, you know, you when a coach is really being carried by players. And you see the same thing in on ice dynamics too, where a, a weak forward can be carried easily by two extremely strong forwards. And you, you know, run into problems like that in, in Edmonton or, or in Pittsburgh, where you have specific players who are looking much, much better because they are consistently deployed with people well above their weight. And that's kind of all I've got for you today. Tomorrow, I will bring you the end of my conversation with Micah, where we talk a little bit more about fancy stats in general, what kind of upcoming projects there are, things that we'd like to see, etc., etc. And also a We'll do a mailbag segment, why not, uh, in, in light of the uh, upcoming games and whatnot. So if you have questions for that, make sure you send them in. You can at me on Twitter, or you can email lockedupbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you have comments, criticisms, opinions, that is the email address to send it to. I am uh, on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E. Uh, you can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. And uh, thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, why don't you go and make your second listen of the day, Locked on Capitals. We're going to be talking to Tyler of Locked on Capitals later this week about the upcoming game. So why not get on, on the ground floor, get some inside knowledge on the Washington Capitals. But that's it for me today, and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.